Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM, day four of the Bud Light Big Game Week. Five, lows, five live shows here from Las Vegas. Radio Row, thanks to Bud Light. Been having a ton of fun doing the shows, even more fun after the shows. Uh, but we got to get to this commander's conversation here as it feels like they are inching closer to getting a quarterback that is going to be a franchise changer in my mind. The question of the day here is, is Caleb Williams to D.C. really happening? That's the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. 833-804-0910. Is Caleb Williams to D.C. really happening? Give us your thoughts here as J.P. Finley sat down with Coach Loxley, the head football coach of the Maryland Terrapins, and he said on Caleb Williams as a pro, he was built for this. He was raised and, de- and developed to become what he has become. And, of course, Coach Locks knows about him because he's a local kid from the DMV. Michael, where are you at here? You asked me percentage chance for Caleb Williams. Now I'll ask you. 20. 20%. 20% chance. Um, that <clears throat> I, it, It's more you've got so many variables here. Um, variables include... Do the Bears want it, it, do the Bears want him first of all, right? If right. the if the Bears fall in love with him, there's no price. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a price, but like it's not a price anybody's going to pay. If, if they if they do the work and they say we think this guy is the next Lamar, Peyton, whoever, they're they're not going to move. They're not they're not going to budge off of that. Um, if they do their work and they say we like him, we also like Drake May, or we also like Jaden Daniels. Uh, any of those guys would be good. All right, windows open for business now. Um, if if they like him, if they like uh, Justin Fields, now you're maybe wanting to move further back than number two, right? Because at number two, you're still in quarterback range. So you got a lot of factors at play here that all have to come together, uh, plus what is Washington willing to offer. We know there are a ton of holes on this roster. Um, I, I think it's still far more likely than not they want to fill those holes before taking a swing on a franchise quarterback who's not going to have the protection of a good offensive line out of the gate. The interesting thing from the Bears' perspective is I think at times this year you would have said, oh, yeah, they're going to go get Caleb. They need a quarterback. Well, And then at times there was, hey, Justin Fields might have figured something out here. There was a time yep. in this season where Bears fans were back in on Justin Fields. Your best scenario, if you're trying to make it happen, would be that the Bears decide we love either Drake May or Jaden Daniels, one of those two guys. That would be your best-case scenario because you can't move lower than two. So you don't think the best-case scenario is them saying, we will run it back with Justin Fields? No, because then you're trying to move to four or five and get either Joe Alt or Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, okay, Um, okay. The further you move back, the more you get. Um, it, you know, if the Patriots make the move out of out of their spot, you're, they're giving up more than the Commanders are because they got to jump in both quarterback spots. You don't know what order they're going to go in, right? So if you if if the Patriots, you know, our guy is Jaden Daniels, you have to be at two. You can't count on Drake May going at two. Um, so that's going to be the game this year. The cal- the Commanders are in a power position because Caleb Williams will go one, um, and if they get there, that's great. Um, and if they don't get there, they still control the flow 
because May and Daniels will both be on the board. If somebody's desperate for one of those guys, you can get a good ransom out of them for it. No, that's a good point there. Um, I'm just, I, I just believe Caleb's the guy, and I. Sure. I'm not the only one saying that, right? Like, it feels like everyone here around Radio Row keeps talking about how good Caleb Williams is as a prospect here. This is a guy that's going to come into the league and be able to take over a franchise right away. Now, you said you want him to sit week one, no matter who the quarterback is. That's correct. It's a 17-week season. It's a long season. You don't have the offensive line infrastructure built. I'll change my opinion if they go sign three stud guys for $20 million a year each, I'll, I'll change my tune immediately. This this has nothing to do it's with, with the current roster. That's what you're this saying. This has nothing to do with his day one preparedness, which I agree is high. Uh, this has everything to do with I don't want him killed over the course of a long season where they only win seven games. That feels like a long-term negative, and I'm not sure what the short-term juice is. So you've heard my take. I'm all in on Caleb Williams. Convince me, Drake May or Jaden Daniels. Well, J- Jaden Daniels, you can keep your draft spot. You can fill in the other holes in your roster. I'm a Jaden Daniels guy, not a, not a Drake May guy. Drake May has a lot of great attributes. I'd be perfectly fine if they draft him. You have to give up probably next year's one to move from two to one uh, or, you know, several of the picks down the line. There's just too many needs, too many holes on this roster. I don't think Caleb Williams can be transcendent with the talent around him right now. You you know, maybe two years from now, three years from now, it's a different discussion. But I I think you have too many holes, too many needs, uh, too much rebuilding that has to take place to give up those picks, uh, those valuable picks that you've got in the interest of chasing, you know, uh, uh, something that may not pan out. So my thing is it's Caleb or bust, meaning it's Caleb or, or trade. you trade back and you fill out those holes that yeah. you're talking about and you run it back with Sam Howell and build up your offensive line and then you go get a quarterback next year or you get one in the fourth round like a Bo Nix or something and then you're building with the roster because I, I just think there's two ways to look at it, like you're saying. There's a ton of holes in this roster. Yeah. Caleb doesn't solve that, but it would solve one of the problems. A big one. Or you could trade and try to solve all the problems. And certainly if this group is as good as we hope they are and we think they are, if Adam Peters is as good as we think he is, if Dan Quinn can deliver competence as a coach, they're never going to pick top five again while these guys are employed. (laughs) Right? A top five. It feels like we've said that a few times. (laughs) No, because Ron Rivera started with the number two pick, and he never got to make another one. Yeah. if you end up back there, it means you're fired. So basically, Shanahan got a number two overall pick. Jay Gruden then got like 16th, used it on Haskins, right, yeah. or, or something uh, like that. Jay, Jay Gruden had the Brandon Sheriff pick, which was, I believe, five. Okay, that was his. That was his open. The Scott McLuhan opener. Yep. That, and then, the and year, then Ron went Chase Young. And then Ron went Chase Young. You keep missing on those high picks. You keep living in NFL purgatory. Uh, it, but the theme from that is the. Coaches were involved in that decision with the last three guys, or at least Ron Rivera for sure. Uh, Now we have the order of operations correct here where the GM will make that hire. Buddy, go higher. Dan Snyder was involved in those picks. Yeah. Uh, was Jay Gruden phrase? That's a great point. Yacht That's picks. a great point. There's no yacht picks this year. Right. No yacht picks coming. Yeah, there's no, hey, this kid went to Bullis with my son. Yeah. <laughs> go go higher. Go to the top. Uh, Dan Snyder poisoned the franchise from the top down. That doesn't exist anymore. I believe that whoever Adam Peters wants to pick on draft night, whatever he wants to do, he will have the blessing of Josh Harris. And, and Josh Harris, look, he, Leaders don't just say do whatever you want. He'll ask questions, he'll poke, he'll prod, and at the end of the day, he will trust Adam Peters to make the right decision. That's Michael Phillips. Check him out, MP on the mic. 
10 to noon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here broadcasting live from Radio Row. And, of course, we're surrounded by NFL people, but today is the NBA trade deadline. One of my favorite days because there's so much movement. Uh, there's all these rumors flying. Last week we thought, is LeBron going to get traded out of L.A.? We're already seeing reports of numerous trades that have already happened today involving the Pistons, the Knicks, your Washington Wizards traded Daniel Gafford. So we'll go around the NBA on the fast break with AWOD coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Ram Nation, you know you can hear every game on 910 The Fan via Rams Unlimited. Tomorrow we need everybody in Richmond to pack the stew. It's the biggest game of the year. The Dayton Flyers come to town to face off against the VCU Rams who are, have won two games in a row, the Big win against Richmond, the 92nd edition of the Capital City Classic, and then the road victory over Fordham earlier this week. Ryan Odom actually joined the Field of 68 podcast, Jeff Goodman and guys, and and gave us some really good clips and quotes about the importance of taking over this job at VCU, the history and the matchup against Richmond, and looking forward to playing against Dayton. We'll break that down later on in the show today, but I did mention it earlier. Today is the NBA trade deadline. Even though we're broadcasting live from Radio Row filled with NFL people, I want to talk about the NBA trade deadline, which is today at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So before the end of the show today, you could hear a major move in the National Basketball Association. So let's discuss trade rumors and trades that have already taken place this morning here on the Fast Break with AWOD. Let's go. Let's play some basketball here. We're going on the Fast Break with AWOD. From buzzer-beating shots to the best highlight plays from around the league, every clutch moment. The all-stars of the league. We're out in transition. It's a breakaway. It's good! It's the Fast Break and AWOD talking all things NBA. All right, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. I'll start with the trade that involved your Washington Wizards. Of course, you can hear games on 910, the fan, the radio party featuring Dave Johnson and Glenn Consor as the Wizards traded Daniel Gafford to the Dallas Mavericks for Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation. Gafford came over to Washington in a few years a few years ago in a trade from Chicago, signed a contract to be here in Washington for the future, but there was a contract worthy of being a starting center. The problem with Daniel Gafford is he's never given you the consistent production of a starting center in the NBA. And the Wizards saw they brought in Marvin Bagley the third, and he immediately made almost as impactful uh, contributions on the offense and defensive end as a guy like Daniel Gafford. Look, Gafford is super athletic, was catching lobs, alley-oops, right? A lot of dunks on the offensive end, but that was the problem. That, that was the only tricks up his sleeve. That was the only bag that he had in terms of uh, back-to-the-basket guy. He had nothing. Didn't really have a hook shot. You couldn't really run plays for him or let him back a guy down. Just had to get him the ball in transition or let him clean up off the glass. And 
That's just not good enough in this league, especially with the way we're seeing. you got to hit the three-point shot. Look at the way Kristaps Porzingis at the center position has been having success for the Boston Celtics this season. He had like a game winner the other night. KP on fire for the Celtics. So Wizards make that trade. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they make another trade before the end of the deadline today, 3 p.m. Eastern time. I think guys to watch for are Tyus Jones, Kyle Kuzma, and I'm going to say Denny Avdia. I want Avdia to stay on the roster here with Washington, but he's been playing so well this season uh, that I think there is a chance the Wizards could deal him kind of a sell-high situation. Adrian Rodjanowski also reporting that guard Alec Burks sent from the Detroit Pistons to the New York Knicks. In return, the Knicks are sending Quentin Grimes and two future second-round picks to the Pistons. The Pistons also traded Bojan Bogdanovic, Bobo Drano, who played his time in Washington four seasons ago, to the Knicks. Sources tell ESPN Evan Fournier is heading to Detroit. Fournier is an interesting NBA player, European guy who's got a good outside shot, Euro step dribbling around the basket, really good player. But it feels like he always gets moved around the deadline. He is a deadline day guy uh, as we are following the rest of the trades around the National Basketball Association. The Thunder finalizing a trade to send guard Trey Mann and Davis Burton, so another former Wizard on the move, to the Charlotte Hornets for Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward sending, uh, getting from Charlotte to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I haven't been following Hayward. I didn't even know that he was really still playing in the lead, so I'm not sure how much of an impact he can make for the Thunder, but he was certainly really good four or five seasons ago. The Raptors involved in a trade 30 minutes ago, sending Dennis Schroeder to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, there had been talk that if the Nets weren't able to trade Spencer Dinwiddie, he was just going to sit out and not play for the rest of the season and just get a big bag of money for doing nothing. So he leaves Brooklyn, heads to Toronto to, face, uh, to play with the Toronto Raptors there. Um, Dinwiddie's another guy that has been moved several times around the deadline. And, and this is an issue in the NBA is when you're up for a contract, obviously you're going to chase the bag, try to get the biggest contract ever. But when you are not worthy of your contract, Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal making $55 million, you're easy to move because a team looks at you and, and says, I can't win with you. You're, we got to get rid of this piece. That's why when the new people came over to Washington, uh, Michael Winger and Will Dawkins, they immediately moved Bradley Beal. They immediately moved that giant chunk of salary, $55 million, that was hurting their salary cap. Spencer Dinwiddie's in that same situation. Uh, Thaddeus Young is also coming to the Nets in that trade with Dennis Schroeder. He started his career with the Brooklyn Nets. Charlotte Hornets involved in another trade, finalizing a deal to send forward P.J. Washington to the Dallas Mavericks for Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first-round draft pick. That's interesting. Seth Curry, brother of Steph Curry, gets on the move once again there. I, I'm, I'm not surprised that Dallas moved on from Grant Williams. That was like the biggest uh, rumor that I had seen, that they were desperate to get him off of the roster as teams have until 3 p.m. today to fix their roster so that they can make a run for the title. And, of course, in the NBA in the last few seasons since COVID, basically, you get 10 teams from each conference making it into the postseason with the play-in game. 
And that's kind of what's surprising right now is outside of even the play-in game is a team like the Golden State Warriors. They're 23-25. and 25. Your Los Angeles Lakers have won three straight, but they were below 500 a week ago. They're sitting at the nine spot there. Dallas Mavericks the eighth spot as it has been a wild season in the Western Conference. I'm shocked to see the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Minnesota T-Wolves as your top two teams with last year's NBA champions, the Denver Nuggets being the three seed in the Western Conference. Over to the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics, the top team, 39-12. and 12. Mentioned Kristaps Porzingis, his game-winning shot. They've won two games in a row. Cleveland is on fire. The Cavs have won seven games in a row to climb to the second spot in the Eastern Conference, playing some really good ball as of late. Uh, just defeated the Wizards. 114 to 106 Donovan Mitchell there had been talk about him maybe getting traded away from Cleveland of course he was a star with Utah came to Cleveland immediately became a star but then the team did not reach the expectations well he is on fire in the last five games he's averaging 32 points per game as the Cavs have won 15 of their last 16 games and seven in a row to move up to the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Bucks loses of two straight. Got to Doc Rivers, didn't solve their problems. Still not good enough defensively, giving up 119.8 points per game. That's more than any other team within the top five there in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Bucks need to improve defensively, which is surprising with a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo being their star. Knicks have won nine of their last ten. They're now the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. We'll see if the Knicks add another star to play alongside Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle here ahead of the deadline. And then another team I think to keep an eye on is the Philadelphia 76ers. You know they've got their star down low in Joel Embiid, but they've got to find another way to get, I think, a, a shooting guard to go alongside Tyrese Maxey, and that's kind of the one-two punch this season for your Sixers. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, following the latest with Sham Sharnia, Adrian Wojnarowski, and the NBA trade deadline that is 3 p.m. Eastern today. You're listening to the Bud Light Big Game Week, five live shows from Vegas here at Radio Row. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be back, and I'm going to be joined by a very special guest. I think this is one of the coolest interviews I've done in a while, and that's because I've been following this person on social media for about four years now. Her name is Annie Agar. You might have recognized her from her viral videos, doing a, a Zoom meeting with all the NFL teams. Uh, she's just got a, a great bit that she's kind of grown here and has now working with Stadium as an NFL correspondent. She's doing interviews with with head coaches in the National Football League, exclusive interviews on their turf, visiting their house, visiting you know their favorite place to go play golf or, or go play basketball or anything like that. That conversation with Annie Agar, content creator for the NFL, coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row. Bud Light, big 
Game Week. Five live shows here from Vegas. Joining us right now, very special guest from the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat, Annie Agar. What's going on, Annie? I'm great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, and uh, I've been telling you I've been a fan of yours for a while. What I love is how you kind of like created this niche, right, doing something, going viral for it, but then stuck with it and really built something. Oh, thank you so much. It means a lot because I, you know, I started this with no intention of, of having a viral video. I just wanted to make some people laugh during COVID because I think we were all kind of down at that time and sports wasn't going on because yeah. I was worked in local news and that we weren't covering anything. So I think it was just the right time to come out with a video and people liked it apparently. So I did it. So put you on the spot here, kind of explain Ron Rivera and the Commanders this oh, season from your Ron, national perspective. Ron is my guy. Look, I got to tell you guys, oh, okay. he is one of the best human beings you will ever meet. I met him. He was when I first when I first started doing this this uh, social side of everything. He was the first interview I ever had, first big interview. Oh wow! And I told him I want to do this series where I go and interview coaches where they're comfortable. So tell me what you want to do. And he said, "I like to golf. Do you like to golf?" Uh, first of all, I'm a terrible golfer. Let me preface <laughs> that. I, I mean, I'm terrible. I can chip and putt, but that's about it. So I said, "Yeah, I can golf. Let's go golf somewhere and then have a little chat." So he said, "Oh great!" And I'm thinking we're gonna pick some place in you know Virginia or somewhere close to close to where he is. He's like, "Well, I have a place on Pebble Beach." Do you want to go golf out at Pebble Beach? Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go golf at Pebble Beach. The best conversation. We He was emotional because he opened up, up about the cancer. Like, the best guy you will ever meet. That being said, terrible situation in, for the commanders. It was a rough year coaching-wise. Both sides of the ball. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys are kind of cleaning house and starting fresh. I think that'll be better for the commanders, but he is the best guy you'll yeah, ever meet. Yeah, he's certainly a great guy. In my mind, not a good football coach. I felt like he lost the locker room at times this season, and that was so frustrating from like the fan perspective. Like, even though you know you're out of the playoff hunt, you still want to see a good product right. on the field. And it felt like he, the players, didn't want to play for him anymore. Yeah, it's tough too when you trade away like your two best guys. Right. And uh, and I, it's all, it's, you kind of lose. I mean, when they did that, it kind of showed. You know, we're not we're not making the playoffs. We're not here to. I don't even know win games is the right thing to say, but it, it is <laughs> tough to lose a. It is tough to lose a whole franchise like that. Annie Agar with us here, NFL correspondent at Watch Stadium, of course, gone viral for all your social media videos. It's so awesome. So let's go get into your wardrobe real quick. Oh, like, love it. How do you do it? You've got something for every single team. You know, I couldn't do it by myself, let me just say. I okay. started out with, like, the, the typical, like, the Peyton Manning jersey. You know, I had a couple other random ones. And then uh, the teams got smart, and they started sending me jerseys because ah. they wanted to be well represented in the meetings. Yeah. So they send me um, – I, ha I probably have a jersey and a shirt for every – team uh -huh. I think all 32 teams and I held out on a couple of them for a while like the Jets because it just fit to have like a, a taped on logo falling off the shirt that just seemed like the Jets <laughs> to me so I uh, held out on a, lo a lot of them but I think I have all 32 now that's awesome Andy so I started in this industry as a producer and an editor so when I watch your videos like I oh, know how much time it you. takes to edit it to kind of produce the whole thing and that's kind of my favorite thing about thank it because so I don't much. think people realize like how much extra time goes into it it's a, it's a lot let me tell you it's a lot of re I mean I put in probably 10 hours of research because I want I can make any jokes but I want to make a joke that hits the fan base so I do I research like past plays and like things that have happened that maybe I not even from my era of football so that I can really dive into those inside jokes uh, and then I, I wake up on Tuesday morning and I, I start editing on Monday watch Monday Night Football reshoot a little bit wake up at 3 a.m. on Tuesday to hopefully get the video edited and done like the final round of edits done by noon to post on Tuesday so it is <laughs> extreme extreme amount of work but it's so so worth it 
And you've already had an incredible punchline this week <laughs> at Allegiant <laughs> Stadium you. longer than Josh McDaniels. <laughs> yes, I mean, you just you. got, you've got all the punches. <laughs> I couldn't pull that one. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> it's so much fun hanging out. So NFC East, you know, this is the division that does not have a back-to-back -back winner for the past 20 years. Crazy. Cowboys just won it. Which means they're not going to win it next year, right? What are you thinking? I, I mean, the Commanders are they, they're going up. Now that the Stock Eagles look, look, now that the Eagles look like they're the Cowboys 2.0, 2.0. I, I just don't know what's going on in that division. I think a lot of people do. Halfway through the year, we had no idea. Well, we thought it was going to be the Eagles, and then they just fell off a cliff. Um, yeah, I think the Commanders' stock is definitely going up. Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury. The question is. Do you guys get Caleb Williams? That I want him. I know you I'm, do. I'm, I'm, I, it's like you've been listening to my show. I all Every day, all day, all I do is make the case for Caleb because this is the generational type talent that could oh, put it, you over the it's lip. It's like Joe Burrow. You need a guy that's going to change your franchise, and this is the guy to do it. However, it, are, is Chicago going to let him go? And I don't think the answer is yes, yeah. no matter what you offer him. Well, if that happens, I don't want to trade for Justin Fields. No. Not interested mm -mm. in that. No. I, I think you're right. I think they it's a system thing, too. Like, Chicago's system didn't work. I don't know if your system would work, but why risk it when you could get, like, a Drake May or, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels? I know the drop-off is so extreme from Caleb Williams. Not so extreme, but from what I just talked to, like, Matt Leinert the other day said, big drop-off from a quarterback perspective from Caleb Williams to, like, a Drake May or Jaden Daniels. I agree, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but if you're going to trade a spot like that, I mean, you got to guarantee – you're getting the best quarterback that's going to change your franchise. And I think Caleb Williams is that. But I love that. Hey, we'll stuff. We need, yeah, clip that line right there from <laughs> Andy, live from Radio Row. So what do you have planned for the rest of the week? Uh, a lot of interview stuff. Um, I Like you said, I work for Stadium, so I do live hits with them on their show every night. And then we're going to go to NFL Honors and uh, the Commissioner's Party, a couple other parties. So just trying to get around and seeing everybody and saying hi and keeping the energy up. That's the hardest thing. If you have any, <laughs> any uh, advice on how to keep the energy other than, like, 15 coffee in a day, I will take it. I think it's just about being sweet and having a good smile. I'm good. And you've got oh that my covered. gosh! Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. I'll take it. See, I want to go. You're back. already giving me more energy. I know. I know. <laughs> right? I'm pumping you up. I want to go back to you know COVID area when you started making those yes. videos. You know, I look at it and I'm like, I'm amazed by it, right? Because I've seen what it's become now, three or four years later. Yeah. So when that was first starting, what was it like getting offers, getting emails, interview requests, all that stuff? It was it was crazy, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to say yes to and what to turn down. So thankfully, I did an interview with The Athletic, and the guy, sweet, sweetest guy, Stuart Mandel, who did the interview, he said I, he could tell I was very stressed out because it was, <laughs> I mean, for something to blow up that quickly, and I, I went from having nothing going on, and I just had graduated college the year before, had nothing going on to, like, all of this, and I wanted to make the most of it. So I got in touch with his agent, who was trying to get in touch with me, and now she's been my agent for three years, uh, incredible okay, human being, Debbie Spanders, her name. And she so she kind of helps me with these deals now, but it was a, such a whirlwind when I first started because I didn't want to miss an opportunity. And, it, it, like, I, the first thing I did was uh, Sunday NFL Countdown, and I was going to do it for free. <laughs> my agent's like what are you doing? That's not something you do for free. But I, in this industry, you don't know. Like I right. was grateful for any and every opportunity I got. So it was a whirlwind for sure, but very happy with how everything worked out. Everything happens for a reason. So glad I'm here today. No, you have an incredible story. It's Thank awesome. So uh, best of luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Before we let you go, though, What's your best bet for this weekend? Best bet for this weekend. It is plus 550 for Travis Kelsey to score two or more touchdowns. He's had like three that. or more touchdowns in every playoff game since 2019. That is a lock, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Taking it. Travis Kelsey plus 550. Take that bet. That's Annie Agar. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fans. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now. 
at 105.1 FM. This is day four of the Bud Light Big Game Week. Five live shows here from Radio Row in Vegas presented by Bud Light. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, I, I love the feedback I'm getting. Uh, Tyson tweets me, cool pick. Uh, great interview with Annie. Mike says, good interview uh, with Annie. Matt says that uh, Jake Plummer is a handball legend. Um, and so we've got uh, all these great guests that have joined the show today. We still have more interviews uh, that we've recorded earlier in the week and also some live ones that we'll bring you throughout the show today. We are live and local until 3 p.m. Eastern time. Stub from the production room on the ones and twos. Now, I know I know you're upset you're not on this trip. You've already said several times, you can't leave me out in New Orleans. What are you most jealous of that we've done on this trip, Stub? I mean, the food is a big thing. You know, I'm always talking about you food. You are a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> so I am jealous of the many things you're eating while I make my ham and cheese at home when I get <laughs> off work. <laughs> um, and the sphere. I, the, the, just like in ter- being a tech guy, like a like yeah. a te- technical theater guy, that's kind of yeah. like some of the best that it can be right now. So I was I was pretty jealous to have missed out on that. Yeah, you 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 went to Virginia Tech for the tech. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did, and I did tech for tech. Yeah, absolutely. You know, good call on the food. I mean, Buddy V's last night was terrific. Uh, just walk the, walking around the Venetian is so much fun. I stayed at the Palazzo, which is kind of like the other. Uh, casino hotel inside of the Venetian, kind of like how the Luxor is connected to Mandalay Bay. I stayed there back in 2015 when I went uh, to Vegas, part of the Junkies' 25th anniversary, and I never went on the second floor of the Venetian during that entire trip until last night, and it is so cool. They've got the gondolas inside. They've got this, like, giant projection thing on top that makes it look like you're outside. It's like clouds and stuff like that, and yeah, Venetian's just one of the coolest hotels. I mean, Michael was talking about how there have been other hotels built, but they haven't matched the Venetian. It's just that cool. It's a great place to hang out. Buddy V's, this incredible Italian restaurant. I got the chicken palm. Stub, do you think I made the right decision? <laughs> I actually want Stub. Pull up the menu at Buddy V's and then tell me if you think I made the right choice here with the chicken parm. Is joining us right now is Grant Polson just to recap some of the bits from last night. What's going on, GP? Hey, buddy. How are you? I mean, how great was last night? Start to finish was an epic night. It was incredible. First of all, everybody listening should go to a concert at the Sphere at some point. <laughs> I know. Are we just the, the D-bags that are going to just keep saying that? Yeah, I'm going to be the guy that over-talks about the Sphere. For right. Sure. <laughs> this is my, you know, like CrossFit people just talk about CrossFit? Yeah. I'm yeah. a Sphere guy. Yeah. No. yeah if you, you ever want to know about the Sphere, I'm your guy. Now, Michael told me that we're not supposed to call it the Sphere. It's just Sphere. I don't like that It's tough for me. Yeah. I, he's probably right. I, I defer to Michael on these kind of things. He had lots of knowledge on it, who owns it, how much money it's losing, all kinds of nuggets. So he's probably right. I just, I will say things wrong purposefully if it sounds better. Yeah. So I'm going with the sphere. How big was your file? How deep was your file on YouTube before last night? It was a thin file. Yeah. Uh, you know, look. My daughter loves Sing 2, the movie. <laughs> There's a couple of U2 songs in Sing 2 that I know the lyrics to and can sing along to. Yeah. So that's my m- most knowledgeable, I would say, U2 page in the file. Having said that, it like a lot of bands, I can't name any of their songs. I didn't know the names other than Bono of anybody on the stage <laughs> before it, it all started and I fell in love with The Edge. Yes. Uh, having said that... <laughs> I, like when I hear the song, I'm like, oh, this is a banger. Oh, I know this one. 
it, that was all night. You know, it's this is an iconic band. I mean, the front man is worth seven hundred million dollars. So yeah, they played about thir- twenty-five or thirty songs, whatever it was, maybe more. And I would say a quarter of them are songs that I've heard a hundred times. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we had the conversation afterwards. I think U2 is going to pop up on my Spotify rap next year after that performance. I need to hear Vertigo again. I love that song. You were so psyched I was for so, Vertigo. I was so psyched, man. You started screaming Vertigo with your hand in the air, <laughs> and everyone just kind of looking at you. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great night. It was a wonderful time. The Italian meal was also delicious. Yeah. Uh, fellowship was excellent. Every Everything about it was a win, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, I, look, bottom line is you could have – played last night and you may not be able to play any instruments with like three of your friends who in your first practice ever as a band were on stage and it would have blown me away because the visuals were that good it's just it we're talking about the most incredible technological advancements in entertainment history yeah i mean there's nothing else like this on this planet to my knowledge and certainly not in this country it was it was insane. It was just one of those, like, whatever you paid to get in, you left and you went, that was fine. Yeah. You know, like, I'm okay paying that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I only had that one drink because I didn't want to leave and miss anything. Like, that was that was how uh, Well, like, you were also the was. youngest person there, I believe, <laughs> by about seven years. I yeah. don't think anybody, and that's because I was the second youngest. <laughs> um, and, like, literally, the average age in there was, like, I don't know, 59, 63. Yeah. And you were the youngest person of the 17,800, everyone had to go to the bathroom constantly. That was one thing that annoyed me. <laughs> but when you have so many old people in one place, I guess, they all have to go to the bathroom just all the time. But, yeah, I, I had to do the bit. And you don't think about it in games because it's like, whatever. It's a 2-2 pitch. You may have to look around someone. They're going to the bathroom. You know, in hockey, we're passing the puck. But at that concert, every moment was a moment. Every, every moment, something was on the screen that I wanted to see. And so everyone needing to go to the bathroom incessantly was a little bit frustrating. I was a little nervous that I was going to get motion sickness. I have a bad motion sickness bit, like planes, well, buses, after the fact. terrible. Uh, but that it didn't like it didn't affect me. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I, my thing was the whole time I was in there, I was like, man, you know, you watch these TV shows or movies, and before episodes, they'll say, like, if, if flashing lights give you problems, please yeah. don't watch. I can't imagine being someone in there who has that issue. And, like, you know, people have, like, reactions to that. There's definitely a little trepidation going in. You just don't know. You haven't been in a, an environment like that. But I'm with you. I, I kind of didn't know quite what to bank on uh, visually in terms of, like, how it would affect me. But, no, it was, it was incredible. What I wanted the entire time, because for the most part it was you know, different graphics and cool things that they were doing. I wanted just for the first, like, 60, 70 minutes of the show – I just wanted a scenic shot behind them because we didn't really see the, the grand use of the sphere with just like an image. Right. And you get that. There's a lot like, of flashing letters and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so, but for the last like 20 minutes, you get what is essentially like scenery yeah. and just natural beauty. You know, they actually, uh, unless this Uber driver was lying, they actually just put animal planet and stuff on in the sphere, and people can go pay a ton of money and sit there and watch it sometimes. Oh, wow. And, like, I would do that. Like, yeah. my, my buddy was like, We were talking about, we, I'd go see the Super Bowl there. Well, I would pay a crazy amount of money to do that. My wife would be very upset. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I would, I would pay $100 to sit there for, like, three hours and just watch, like, Morgan Freeman narrating, like, Earth. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it is the coolest thing I, I've ever experienced from an entertainment standpoint. 
Grant Polson with us here live from Radio Row in Vegas. Bud Light big game week. Stubb, do you have the menu of Buddy V's pulled up? I do. I do, and I've looked at it, and I kind of think you went with the toddler pick here. Adam. Oh, but, oh, all right. Hold on. Hold on a second. I need you to grade all of our choices. But first, can I hear that dude food sa- sounder stuff? Yeah, yeah. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he this off a of flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. All right, I went with the chicken parmesan. All right, I went with the chicken parm. Do not grade me yet. Grant, what was your choice? I went with some chicken uh, rigatoni. Chicken rigatoni, and then you went with the carbonara. Michael went with the carbonara. You've gone through the menu, Stubb. Give us the review. Well, I'm going to say right now that I I had picked in my head the same thing that uh, Grant got, the chicken rigatoni a la vodka. I, I don't know how you don't go with pasta here. That's kind of why I'm clowning you for the chicken parm. My chicken parm came with a little bit of sta, man. A I got enough bit. pasta. Ah, dude, it no, was no, a little no. bit of spaghetti. No, no, <laughs> relax. <laughs> he made a terrible choice, Stub. Um, now, the chicken parm, I'm sure, was good. Like It was what, excellent. What are we talking about? I love right. chicken parm. You get, you're trying to get me to run down chicken parm? You gave me the wrong guy. Yeah. I love chicken parm. You just can't look at that menu and make that choice. That is, yeah, I was gonna go. I was gonna go bolognese, and then I turned to Michael Phillips. I said, "What do you think of me ordering the chicken parm?" You said, "That's a great selection." It's a toddler pick. That's what a toddler <laughs> would eat at <laughs> that restaurant. Is a chicken parm. I actually planned on coming here today. I thought about this in my Uber on the way uh, over from Fremont. I wanted to come directly up to Michael Phillips and address this, and, and I'd forgotten until right now. We did not talk enough about how good his bolognese was. Because here's the problem: his bolognese came. 30 minutes after everyone else's food. <laughs> so we were all pretty much done. We'd eaten bread. We'd eat, you know, the appetizers at the table. You guys have been crushing stuff the whole time. Yeah. Michael was pretty much full. So we had a couple bites of his bolognese, and plus it was like, you know, well after everything else. So we didn't really talk about it. It was incredible. Like, I just tasted, I, I, I took a couple, you know, a, 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 uh, a sample, if you will, a little, yeah. little, like Costco sample cup. <laughs> it was Really impressive. Yeah. We there was like a truffle it. taste to it, too. But the awkward part was me deciding, do I start eating my meal while Michael's waiting 30 minutes for his to get served? And he was eating nothing but spinach. <laughs> he had nothing in front of Just him. They, a bunch of spinach. They brought off his side spinach, but no actual <laughs> he, he, he got a plate. He asked for some bread, so he dipped some bread into some sauce. Yeah. But that part was incredibly awkward. <laughs> I mean, I don't like when the waitress came by and said, "Something's missing here." <laughs> There's four people in three yeah, meals. It's the dinner that I want to eat. Yeah, Grant. Before I let you go, has your time on Radio Row changed your mind about the Dan Quinn hire at all? Well, no, uh, it hasn't <laughs> changed my mind. It's a completely unexciting hire. Yeah. Uh, but look, it, it's not a bad hire. I mean, people act like I am some anti-Dan Quinn guy. I've said this from the beginning. I'm not anti-Dan Quinn. I am anti-hiring defensive coaches in general. Uh, it doesn't work in the league at the same rate that offensive coaches do. I think that they wanted Ben Johnson, and I think that that should have been the play. It didn't work out. He didn't want them. And so then you scramble. And I think it played out so long into the process that they were kind of screwed. So uh, the process was what it was. It, it doesn't really matter now. Do I feel different? No. He's got to put together a good staff. He's in the process of doing that. And you just hope that it works. But – for people trying to say it's so different than Ron Rivera, it's not. It's very similar to Ron Rivera. Everyone loves him. Everyone's saying nice things about him. They did the same thing about Ron. It's revisionist history now. They're both good football coaches, good leaders of men, defensive-minded. Uh, but 
Dan Quinn's got more energy. He's a little younger. Cool. I mean, I'm not saying they're the same guy. This isn't a cloning system. But they, they, you sh- they are in the same aisle at the grocery store. <laughs> you go, when you go into the coach store, you go to aisle four, retread defensive guys who say, be where your feet are, and Ron and Dan Quinn are in the same shelf next to each other. That's a good bet. So don't, don't try <laughs> to tell me it's so different. It's not. Just tell me it doesn't matter that they're similar because now there's a GM and a real structure. And if Ron had this structure, he would have been more successful. Adam Peters picking in players instead of the Marty party, he'd have been better off. So I think Dan Quinn can succeed, absolutely. GP on Grant and Danny from 3 to 6 here on 910 The Fan in Richmond. What do you got lined up? we got a huge show, man. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun, actually. i got Troy Vincent, who's the senior VP of the NFL. I want to talk to him about some of the rules that I hate. Uh, we are going to have Sam Hartman from Notre Dame on, which will be cool. Ross Tucker's joining us. Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, Tony Khan, who runs AEW Wrestling and is huge into NFL analytics. We've got a big old juicy show, man. It's going to be a good time. Check it out right here on 910 The Fan and the Odyssey app. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.